Okay, well, thank you, Mark. Um, so I've got good news and bad news. The good news is because of the picnic, we're going to try and keep this short. So we're going to try. It's meant to be about 15 minutes. The bad news is I'm not a very experienced speaker. So who knows how long it's going to be? It could be five minutes. could be half an hour. I'm uh, not skilled enough to aim for 15 minutes and hit 15 minutes. But we'll give it a go. Oik me. If I go in for more than 45 minutes, oik me off. Now, we do have some paper and pencils and things for children. So if there's people who find it hard to concentrate, come and grab some stuff by all means. But as you do, don't just go into your own world and draw a picture of um, Sonic the Hedgehog or something. The idea of this is it's part of your worship. Help, use it to help concentrate. Do listen in if you can. And try and think what God's saying to you as well as you, as you do this. So, the coronation of the king. Zoe has brilliantly, I think, said um, how... Jesus is like is a king, and what, what he does as a king, what, you know, why, what those aspects are of the coronation. I'm now going to talk a little bit about how Jesus is not like our king, how he's, how he's actually very different. So if you jump onto the next slide, please. So this is, uh, yeah, the Bible promised a king, didn't it, in the Old Testament. We have, in fact, there's over about 300 prophecies about Jesus coming and being, being a king. They were expecting him. We have these very famous verses from Isaiah that we often read at Christmas. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and the greatness of his, gov- of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So you see, the Israelites, when Jesus came to the world, they were expecting a king. It had been promised. But have you noticed how many times in the Bible it's not as we expect it? You know, we're expecting one thing, and then God comes in and says, I'm going to do something completely different here. So if you look, there's even a few hints in here. We've got an everlasting kingdom, a kingdom who's not, a king who's not going to die a king who's going to be perfect, a king who's going to be great, who can be called all of these names. You see, the Israelites were expecting a king who was going to set them free, who's going to be a conqueror. They were expecting a great military leader, a Samson, a David, someone like that who was going to reestablish the kingdom of, of Israel. But God had something completely different in mind. You know, in his birth, he didn't, come as a, he didn't come as a conqueror into a big military family or anything. He came as a baby, he came into a stable, not a palace. You know, there were shepherds that came to visit him. He had the poorest of the poor, not the nobility. When he arrived into Jerusalem, it wasn't, there was a procession, but it wasn't a big fancy carriage. There was no gold in sight. There was a simple man coming with a ragtag bunch of, uh, of fishermen and sinners on a donkey. His message was not one of conquest, of throwing the Romans out, of establishing a huge army. His message was of love, of meekness, of compassion. <clears throat> now, I love, of course, there's many examples of Jesus not being expected, but I love Nathaniel's words when he, meets, when he hears about Jesus. Nathaniel, one of the disciples. And I love, yeah, in the Message Bible, I think it does it so well. Philip went out, went and found Nathaniel and told him, We found the one Moses wrote of the law, the one preached uh, by the prophets. It's Jesus, Joseph's son, the one from Nazareth. Nathaniel said, Nazareth? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> he wasn't expected at all. He was, he was not at all what they expected. 
But God, of course, we know he had a plan that was greater than what they could ever imagine. He is a king who's going to sit on David's throne. He is going to rule together. He is just, righteous, and mighty. But then you'll say, if he's this great king, if he's the the center point of history, where was his coronation? You know, we've been through that service yesterday for a king of men, a king of our time, of a small island in, in Europe, and we have gold and we have fanfares and we have you know, thousands, millions of people watching. When was Jesus, if he was this important king, when was he crowned? When was his coronation? What would it be like? You know, would it be in a temple somewhere? Would it be in a temple of Jerusalem, a massive ceremony that we saw? Would it be in a palace? Or would it be something more supernatural? Would there be choirs of angels singing like they were at his birth? Would there be some kind of amazing, you know, kind of God ceremony that completely that we, that wasn't expected. But there's no spectacular coronation like this in a Bible. There's no recognition among men um, in, in that sense. Not, and there wasn't even a small-scale one. There wasn't even a group of his disciples getting together and saying, okay, you're going to be our king. Here, look, we've clubbed together our pocket money and we've bought you a crown. Let's do a little ceremony. There was nothing like that. But there was a coronation. God doesn't work as we expect. Jesus wasn't like any other king. There was a coronation in the Bible. This is Jesus' coronation. There was a procession, but there was not by carriage. He was carrying a cross. There was a crown, not of gold, but of thorns. There was a robe, not of honor, but of scorn. He was lifted high in front of everyone, not in glory, but in shame. And that was the moment when Jesus was proclaimed King of the Jews. You see, the world planned a crucifixion. They planned that Jesus' ministry would end at that point. That that would be the end of it. There would be no more Jesus, no King of the Jews. It will stop before it started. The world planned a crucifixion, but God planned a coronation. All the things that we saw yesterday in the coronation, in God's plan, were what we saw at the crucifixion. The crowns, the robe, lifting up, being proclaimed. I mean, they literally actually did it. (laughs) They were trying to end it, but they literally placed crowns on his head and proclaimed him as king. And you know what? God added his color as well. This wasn't just a kind of a uh, human ceremony. This was, you know, we had the sky turning black. We had the earth shaking. We had the dead raising. This absolutely had, like we had the choirs of angels at his birth, and God stepped in. At the crucifixion, God stepped in as well, and God's showed that this was, this was something big. This was something supernatural happening. Jump to the next slide, please. So Jesus was crucified, accused of being the king of the Jews. In reality, Jesus was crowned as king at the crucifixion. This really was, if you think about it, the center point of history. You know, Jesus' time on earth. We have before Christ, we have after Christ. This was the moment when the Old Testament... Um, when the New Testament, the kingdom of God started, and we're living in that now, that very moment. So, so, so the question is, who is Jesus and why is he so different? Because Jesus is not like King Charles. There's many reasons why he's not. If you jump to the next slide, Jesus is a new kind of king. He's a king who changed the world not by might but by love. He's a king who washes the feet of his disciples. He's a servant. He's not on a big pedestal somewhere away from the world. He's in the muck of it. He's serving his disciples. He's a king whose reign began rather than ended at his death. 
a king who gave his life to save you, each of you here, before you were even born. Now, you look at caricatures. You know, every, king of, every human king can be caricatured. We've all seen them. We've seen King Charles with the big ears or, you know, hugging a tree or something. We've seen Queen Elizabeth with a load of corgis around her, old lady with a load of corgis. We have our other leaders, you know, Boris Johnson. He can be caricatured. Very, some are more easy than others, but they can be caricatured. And what a caricature is, is it's taking some aspects of life that stand out about them and it's making an exaggeration of it and it's kind of having a little bit of light-hearted fun at their expense because of that. But you see, Jesus is different because he's a king who can't be caricatured. There's no one aspect of, your, of Jesus. I mean, let, let's try it. Some people will call Jesus just a man of meekness and love. You know, that's all he talked about was meekness and love. And that's true. He did talk about meekness and love. Yet, he's also a king who turned over the tables in the temple because of the injustice there. He was angry. He was cross that things weren't go, weren't, it wasn't right and that God was being dishonored. He's a king who sits at the right hand of God. He's in a throne with power and there's these images of him as sword and, and, and fire and everything. He's not just a king of meekness and love. He's both ends of the spectrum. Also, he's not a harsh and strict judge. Some people will say, oh, Jesus is just judging you. He's looking at your sins. He's looking and he's judging you and saying, you've done that wrong. You've done that wrong. But that doesn't, work with, doesn't fit with Jesus as well because, yes, he does judge. And, yes, justice is important because wrong things happen and, wrong, and that, that, that can't be allowed. But he's also one who forgives. He forgave countless sinners. Even those who killed him on the cross, he forgave them. He's a God of forgive, full of forgiveness and full of, kind of, of judgment and justice. Then other people will have a laugh at Jesus and say he's kind of, kind of hippie Jesus, walking around, you know, the, you know, the image with long hair and just talking about love, you know, flowing robes, talking about peace and love. Yet he's the one who stepped into poverty, was born in a stable, lived in squalor. He actually met people where they were. He wasn't on some other level of existence. He was right there in the harshness and the re- reality of life. Or some might try and characterize him as some kind of saintly figure. You know, there's Jesus with a halo on in a stained glass window, a bit like these, these guys up here. And only, someone only interested in holiness. But yet, the Bible speaks of someone who came down to earth. He ate and drank with sinners. He had parties. He was frequently cast out by the holy people of the day for not, for not being holy enough in their, in their views. So you see, this is how, could, how is Jesus different from any of the kings of, of earth? He's a king who can't be caricatured. He's full in every aspect of his life. There's no, people can try and caricature him, but it never works. He is full in everything. He's full in justice and he's full in forgiveness. He's full in prosperity and poverty. He's not just a king prosperously living, sitting on a throne in heaven in paradise. He's a king that came in and lived a hungry, hard life and walked the roads that we walked on. Now, if you jump to the next slide, this is one thing that I noticed. Well, have you, I think you've missed one out there. Have you? Is there one missed? Oh, no, never mind. No, we'll go to this one. This is good. So, people queued for hours, days maybe, yesterday. They queued, they got up to London, they stood in the rain, they rushed to try and get the best positions. They queued for hours to see the king. And this is probably what they saw. They probably, for about five or ten seconds, they saw a glimpse of gold whizzing past, and they through the through the rain-smudged windows, they would have seen the king and the queen in that carriage, and they'll, you know, many of them will be talking about that for the rest of their lives when they, when they saw them. 
this is all they got to see at the coronation. You know, a few glimpses in the distance. Now, what did the king see of the people? If we jump down to the next slide. This is what the king saw of those people. He saw a massive crowd of millions of people arrayed in front of him. Yet you see, King Charles is limited by humanity. As much as his heart is to meet with people and to be, you know, uh, to be known, this is what he sees. It's physically impossible for him to meet all of these people, to know all of these people. But the question is, if people seek out this earthly king, do we seek out Jesus the same way? Do we queue, what's the equivalent of queuing overnight to see Jesus? <laughs> what's the equivalent of standing in the pouring rain to catch a glimpse of him? Because if you jump to the next slide, these are the words of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Now, Charles can't be known. We can see what he projects onto the TV, but we can't really know him. And no human can. There's, a, there's only a few people who you can truly know. But Jesus is different. Jesus can be known. Jesus can be approached. We can seek him and we will find him. That's what it says in the Bible. Jesus also wants to know us. He doesn't, he doesn't see us as just a face in a million people in the, in the crowd. He sees us as a loved child. So that's where we are at the moment. Last slide. Do you know Jesus? And that's my challenge for you today, for each of you, young and old. Do you know Jesus? Jesus wants to know you. Now, I've done my best to, in 15 minutes, I think I've actually stuck to time pretty much. So, kudos to me. <laughs> 15 minutes is not enough to know Jesus. And how can I talk, how can I describe Jesus to you in 15 minutes? We've got another three minutes of um, someone else trying to describe Jesus. It's the best three minutes I've found. And we're going to end with this. The message is, do you know Jesus? So I, I just want to pray before we play the video, this, and, and then we'll hand over to Mark to finish up. I pray, Lord God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the fullness of God. We thank you that you love us, that you want to know us. We pray, Lord, we want to take the example of these people who queue for the royals, Lord. We want to know you. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us to seek you, help us to stand in the rain for you, help us to queue for hours for a glimpse of you. And, Lord, I pray that you would see us as well, that you would see through that crowd. And I know you will, Lord, but I pray for each of us that you would know us as well and you would come and uh, we would know you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially 
say merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Tyler couldn't find any fault in him. Terror couldn't kill him. 